Let me add my welcome to Pastor Reddy's and say thank you for coming to worship with us online with Redemption Hill Church. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as one of our pastors. And I hope if you're new with us and never had the opportunity to come to what we call next, I hope you will stick around after the service at 1130. There'll be a Zoom link our host will drop for you in the comments where you can come hear a little bit about the vision of Redemption Hill, meet some other people. I'll be there leading it today. I would love for you to stick around and join us after the service. Well, today we're starting a new series in a new book out of God's Word. It's the book of Malachi. And we're calling this series Whole Heart. God is after all of us, our whole hearts. We're going to be in Malachi today in the next three weeks leading up to step two of our regathering plan when we'll return to Medford High School and look at a series on race and injustice and God's desire for us to live out this call to seek justice with everything we are. Well, today, as we look to the book of Malachi and think about this idea of God wanting our whole heart, I'm excited to open chapter one for us today as it shows us that God is calling his people, he's calling us today to live a life of complete devotion to him. And I believe this is a timely word because you and I both know these are difficult days. The people of Israel here in Malachi chapter 1, they were going through some very difficult days. They had just returned from exile in Babylon. And they were living under Persian rule. And let me tell you something, that's not a situation you would want to be in. But not only that, they had seen their spiritual devotion dissipate over time where it wasn't just the fact that they were showing up to the temple as we'll see today with half-hearted worship but as we know God wants worship in every area of our lives and so the the implications were felt not just in their personal devotion but in their spiritual community in their relational faithfulness in their exercise of social justice in the way that they failed to give to others generously. And so God is calling them, and consequently, he's calling us today, no matter where you are in your journey, no matter who you are, he's calling us to return to him with a whole heart. And you may say, Pastor Tanner, listen, uh, this is a timely word because this is a tough season. In fact, for me, I've been saying and I've been feeling, I just don't feel like myself spiritually. I don't have the strength that I once had. Listen, I understand. I've had my own highs and lows through this COVID season. And, and I think what we need to hear is, listen, show yourself some patience. Be patient with yourself. Show, show yourself a little extra grace in this time. We were not made for this. We were not made to be separated. We were not made to miss the coming together and, and worshiping God together as a community. And so that's why as I share these words out of Malachi, listen, these are not words of condemnation. In fact, Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So I want to speak these words of encouragement and strengthening. 
I want the words of Jeremiah 29, 13 to ring in your heart and in your mind as we move through this series where the prophet Jeremiah said, quoting God's very words, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of your heart. That's what God wants for us and that's what God wants from us. And Malachi, whose name means my messenger, fulfills his name, his purpose, giving us God's very words this morning. So I want to read chapter one for us, and then I want to break it down with this call to bring our best to God in everything, in every way. Bring your best. Listen to what Malachi says. Chapter one, verse one, the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. If Edom says, we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says, they may build, but I will tear down, and they will be called the wicked country, and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your own eyes shall see this, and you shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? by saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, Will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is, and you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence and is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering? Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? 
Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. Let's pray together. God, we ask that you would soften our hearts. And as we read, not assume that this is just a word for a people far off in a distant land in a distant time. That we would see how our own hearts have the same responses before you. In spite of how good and amazing and gracious and loving you are, God, we resist your love. But thank you, Lord, that you call us back to a wholeheartedness before you, which brings us a wholeness of joy and life in this journey. And so God, now today, by your Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us according to your word? Help us to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, our call in light of these words in Malachi is to worship God by bringing our best before him. Worship God by bringing your best before him. I want to give you three encouragements today as to how you can bring your best before God as you seek to worship him, not just on Sunday, but every day of our lives, living out our very purpose for which God has made us. The first encouragement is this, bring your best, you right now, bring your best because God brings his best. Bringing our best begins with recognizing that God has brought his best to us. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 is perhaps the most important verse in this book. God begins and he says simply, I have loved you. I want you to listen to me. I want you to, I mean, I'm talking just like, let's pause, okay? Uh, are, are you making eye contact with me right now? Look into my eyes. God loves you. God really, really loves you. Like a parent loves their child, God loves us. There is nothing that God would not do for us. He loves us like that. But the people of Israel were going through difficult times. And they, like us, they were tempted to judge the love of God by their current circumstances. That's why they go on to say in verse 2, in this re response to the statement, I have loved you, they, can you believe it? They say to God, but how have you loved us? They're questioning the love of God. Perhaps you've been there. You've said to God, maybe you're even saying it right now in light of the circumstances you're facing in your life. God, I know you say you love me, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. And we begin to measure God's love by our expectations of how we think life should go. And we begin to measure the limitless love of God by what we're experiencing in our 
current circumstances, ignoring or forgetting just how much he's done for us. But God responds to answer the question, how have you loved us? He says in verse 2, is not Esau Jacob's brother? And then he goes on to talk about the people of Edom who were descended from Esau. And, and, and Israel are those who descended from Jacob. And he says, Jacob have I loved, meaning before Jacob was born, I set my love on him. I chose him to, to be my people, that, that I would be merciful to him, and that I would work through him to bring my Messiah to bless all the people of the world. But Esau, I have hated. And you may step back. I know I step back when I read these words. Wow, how strong of a statement that is. And some scholars even try to tone down the weight of these words by saying that the word hate, which it can mean to, in a kind of a relational comparative way, to mean to love less. Jesus even uses it like this in the Gospels. But but that's not how God is using it here in Malachi. It's stronger than that. God is saying that, that he hates them in the sense that he is opposed to them because of their opposition to him. You see, the people of Edom rejected God's ways. That's why God calls them a wicked country, a wicked people. They had no regard for God, no love for God. And so out of their rejection, they get the judgment and justice that they deserve. And that's what you need to hear and understand. That's what we need to hear and understand. God bringing up this comparison of him, Israel being his chosen people and, and Edom being outside of his chosen people. What he's saying is, hey, Edom, they, they're receiving what they deserve. They're receiving justice. The just consequence of their rejection and rebellion and wickedness against God. But Jacob, you, Though you also have rebelled against me and questioned me and complained countless times, you are receiving that which you do not deserve. You are receiving mercy. Because I relate to you like a father relates to a son. I love you. This is the response of, of our heart. We should remember that this is how God, he, he's saying, look how much I've loved you. Look how merciful I've been to you. In the words of Deuteronomy 7, God puts it like this. Deuteronomy says, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you are more in number than any other people that the Lord has set his love on you and chosen you. For you were the fewest of all peoples, but it is because the Lord loves you and he is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. You see, this is why questioning the love of God and the very heart of God is so egregious. And listen, you may have thoughts that, that well up in your mind, God, where are you? It doesn't feel like you love me. But anytime we have a thought like that or a feeling like that, we need to push a hard pause and remember 
Because when we complain like that, God, you don't love me, God. It's not just complaining about our circumstances. It's questioning the very character of God. It's so important that these words of the book of Malachi start with this assertion, this declaration that God loves us. Because everything he's going to call us to, pure worship, relational faithfulness, social justice, generosity, spiritual community, everything that he's going to say after this builds on this one truth that God loves us. Listen, everything that God would ever ask you to do in your life is built on the foundation of his love for you. And if you don't believe me, say, oh, Tanner, prove it, help me out here. Just think about the Ten Commandments. The very first commandment, when God says, you shall have no other gods before me, what are the words that immediately come before it? It's based on the truth when God says at the beginning of Exodus 20, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It's as if God is saying, hey, look at, look at who I am. Look what I've done for you. Look at how much I love you. And let that form the motivation for you to love me in return. That's where worship begins. Worship, true worship, bringing our best before God. It is, it is an expression of a response to how amazing God is and the fact that God has brought his best to us and that we bring our best before him every single day. So number one, bring your best because God has brought his best to you. But then number two, bring your best offering for God's great name. Bring your best offering for God's great name. In verse six, we see this second dispute. There are six disputes in the book of Malachi that really form the, the whole composition of the, this, the, the book, the le this letter, uh, and this word, not letter, but word to the people of Israel. And, and how it goes is God brings a, a charge against them and the people respond and then God responds again. So this is a crazy, he's speaking to the leaders, the priests of Israel. And this is a crazy exchange that we see here. God begins by saying, a son honors his father and a servant his master. But, but where is my honor and where is my fear? And the priests respond and they say, how have we despised your name? And God very directly says, well, here's how you despise my name. Verse 7, by offering polluted food upon my altar. Now, the conversation should end right there. But if you've ever been in this spot, you know what it is to argue with God and not let God have the last word, good idea, by the way, uh, but to offer yet another objection. And that's exactly what the priests do because they say in verse seven, but you say, how have we polluted you? So they object again. And so God is going to settle it. He's gonna be very clear. And he says, it's because when you bring your sacrifice to me, you despise me, you despise this, this sacred act of worship because you bring blind animals and lame animals and sick animals. In other words, very sadly, you bring the animals that are not very useful to, to you at all. And in fact, they probably wouldn't live long anyway because of their condition. And what God is saying is he's saying you 
are showing that you don't really love me, that you don't really honor me, that you're just doing what you're doing because it's what you're always doing. It's not what you want to do. Your worship is a formality and God help us when our worship becomes so routine that we're just doing what we do because it's what we do. God is saying, I want your best. I want your whole heart when you come and worship. You know, my anniversary is coming up this Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday, July 22nd. Is that Wednesday? Okay, July 22nd is my anniversary. We're talking about 14 years. One, four. And Marsha, let me tell you something. 14 years, it felt like 14 days, you know what I'm saying? Because it's so amazing to live life with you, okay? No, I'm not gonna write that in a card, all right? But I love you, Marsha, you're amazing. And that's why, you know, I'm looking for a special gift. And let's just imagine, okay? Let's just imagine that, you know, Marsha wants a, a nice, you know, new blender to make her famous smoothies. And let's just say that I'm planning on getting that for her. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking, okay, Tanner, you know, uh, a blender, like to make smoothies for, for an anniversary, that's not very romantic. But let me tell you something, after 14 years, that love is so strong, okay? I can just, you know, I can go that route, but you can't do it without pre-approval, okay? Just some marital advice, okay? Wisdom to men, especially younger men from the, the wise and the aged and the learned, okay? You can't get the blender without pre-approval, all right? So, so, so let's just say that I find the blender, you know what I'm saying? And it's Wednesday night and I'm taking her out to dinner, hopefully, or maybe we have some tech out because of COVID or, and whatnot. And she opens this carefully wrapped pack and she begins to open up this amazing blender that she's dreamed about. But then she sees that that base of the blender is kind of brown, you know what I'm saying? It's like 1970s brown with the faded, you know, GE logo on it. And, and there are a couple buttons missing. Now you gotta understand that you can still press those buttons if you really squeeze your finger down in there, like you can still press the button and it still works. But when you plug it in and get it working, you know, it sounds like an airplane that is taking off from Logan Airport. And my wife looks at me as if to say, what is this? And I look back and I say, well, you know, I was trying to just, you know, save a little money this time and I went down to this yard sale and I, I talked to the bee and they had used it for 44 years. So, you know, that thing's reliable, you know, and, 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 and I just, you know, I just couldn't pass it. Up. I thought you would. And she looks at me like throw that thing in the trash, <laughs> right? She's looking at me like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to see this thing. I don't even want to talk about it. I can't believe. Why would that be the response? It's because that gift is not fitting to who she is. That gift is not representative of how much I value her, how precious she is in my sight. And that's what God is saying to us as his people. He's, he's saying, listen, and this is the principle in verse 10. Did you, did you catch verse 10? He says, oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors 
that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. In other words, I just wish there were one person in Israel who saw how heinous this worship, how empty. That's what the word vain means. This is empty worship. It's not worship at all. And if you're not going to bring your best, if you're not going to bring a heart that is full of love for me, then do not bring anything at all. Shut the doors. Shut it down. Because that worship is not true worship. It is not fitting. It is not worthy of me. And God says, I will not accept it. I will not take any pleasure in it. But let's just for a moment, as we think about our daily worship, as we think about coming together right now as a church family, bringing God our best, our best attention and our best you know, focus. And when we do, when we bring our best, when our hearts are really in tune because we've been worshiping God throughout our week and when we're receiving from him and walking in step with him and, and following as he leads us day by day, God, loves it. God, that that kind of worship, that sincere worship of a heart that's overflowing, recognizing how amazing God is. God says, I love it. It pleases me. It's acceptable in my sight. When we bring our best, we understand the truth of verse 11, where it says, from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. What this verse is telling us is that God is so glorious that not a speck of soil will fail to give him the praise he deserves. That's where this is all going. This is the kind of worship that will cover the earth. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk chapter two. And that's why we're so passionate to take the gospel to the world, to every people group on the planet, because every person, not just in Medford, in greater Boston, but everyone all over the world needs to know how great God is and what he's done for us in his great love through Jesus Christ. He opens his arms to us and says, come back home. I love you. I want you to be my treasured possession. And so God is saying, Bring your best by bringing an offering, your best offering for my great name. But then number three, listen, the, the last few verses just teach us this. To bring our best by choosing worship. Bring our best by choosing worship. Zoom in on verse 14 and just one quick principle here is that we have a choice. Verse 14, cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. What, what God is saying here is that, hey, you have better. In fact, not only do you have better, not only do you have uh, an unblemished offering, but you even said that's what you would bring. And yet not only are you hypocritical, okay? Not only are you, uh, as verse 12 tells us uh, in 13, you know, just so uh, tired of worshiping me that you consider it a weariness, but you are showing 
that worship is a choice. All of us, you and me, right now, in our day-to-day lives, we are all worshiping something or someone, even if that someone is ourselves. And God is saying, make the choice to worship me. Make that choice to worship me, for I am a great king, verse 14 says. And my name will be feared among the nations. Every day you wake up, you have the choice to worship God. You have the choice to bring your best. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, will you wake up and will you choose to give God your best? Listen, as you may remember, at the beginning of this year with our 2020 vision, we talked about God's heart for multiplication, how God wants to see more and more people come to know who he is and grow in Christ and worship him with everything they are, with the whole heart. And we looked at from John chapter six, how that when we bring our best, we watch God work. And so what we can see here from Malachi is that when we multiply our worship, when we bring God our best, we can see the multiplication, not just of our worship, but the multiplication of joy, the multiplication of strength, the multiplication of being ready to serve other people, the multiplication of investing in our spiritual family known as Redemption Hill Church, the multiplication of being willing to be a witness for God to let other people in on this truth that we know about Jesus. I'm asking you, I'm praying for you, I'm praying even, I ask you to pray for me that we would multiply our worship by bringing our best. That's why I want to finish up today with a challenge. And we're going to start doing this each week at the end of our sermons in this this fresh season with a challenge for our church. We're simply going to call it the REC challenge, the REC challenge for this week. And the challenge for this week is simply this. Prepare to bring your best in worship next Sunday through personal worship this week. Right? Prepare to bring your best in worship next Sunday through your personal worship this week. And so listen, what this is gonna look like, it's gonna look different for each one of us. But just a few encouragements. Look, get this on the calendar. Make a decision right now. Choose worship right now to say, God, I'm gonna give you my time. I'm gonna give you my best. God is saying there is more. I want more for you. And so would you... Give God some of, like, whatever more means for you, would you give him that quality time day by day? Remembering, number two, that Sunday is supposed to be the continuation of our daily worship as much as it is a catalyst and encouragement for us to worship God this next week. It's a beautiful cycle that happens when worship leads to worship that leads to more worship. And so bring God your best. Give him your time. But don't just do it alone. The REC challenge as we prepare for great worship next week by personal worship, let's encourage one another to to pursue this together. Maybe it's simply as making a phone call and saying, how are you doing? What's God teaching you? 
are shooting a text and saying, man, I just had a great time of worship with God. This is what, this is what he showed me. This is what I'm praying about. How can I pray for you? Listen, we do this together. It's how we keep moving forward strong. It's how we bring our best. It's how we watch God work among us. And when we bring God our best in worship, we discover the wonder and awe of loving him and the joy that comes from dwelling in his presence. So I wanna pray over you right now that God would empower you this week to bring your best that he might work in and through your life. I love you, Redemption Hill. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would work in amazing ways, that you would help us to see who you are and respond to your great love, to bring our best and to watch you do your good work among us. Father, we need your grace. We need your power to live our lives for you. In Jesus' name.